Welcome back to the Evolving Wellness Podcast. Today, I am sharing an episode that I did with Jonathan Shane, the creator of The Keto Road. And we're talking all about thyroid health as it relates to keto, carnivore, and your light environment. There were some light bulb moments that Jonathan had in this episode, and I thought it was a really fun conversation. I don't typically share podcast episodes that I've done on other people's podcasts, but this was such an enlightening conversation and some, so much of the information I think is gonna be so helpful to so many of my listeners that I wanted to share it here on this platform. Now, I definitely wanna encourage you to go and follow Jonathan on his platforms. All of his links are gonna be down in the show notes for you if you want to follow him and his work. Lots of good stuff. And before I jump into the episode, I wanna thank quickly a couple of sponsors. The first one is going to be Viva Rays. You can use my code YOGI to save over at Viva Rays. And in this episode, we do talk extensively about the importance of our circadian health when it comes to our thyroid, believe it or not, and our overall hormone health. So Viva Rays is my go-to source for helping to protect my circadian rhythms and really keep my hormones balanced, especially protecting myself from artificial light at night, which is linked to a host of hormonal cancers and other unfavorable health conditions. So check out Viva Rays, use my code YOGI to save there. And then the second sponsor of today's episode is gonna be Optimal Carnivore. You can use my code carnivore uppercase Y to save 10% over at Optimal Carnivore. I'm a huge fan of their bone and joint restore right now. Absolutely loving it to help me as I am trying to be super mobile and active with my seven, almost eight month old baby boy on the floor moving around. Just a really, really wonderful way to support your bone health as well as collagen. And I really love it. So check them out. Use my code carnivore uppercase Y to save over at Amazon. There will be a link down in the show notes for you to access that. And without further ado, let's jump into today's episode with Jonathan Shane. And welcome back, guys, to the last episode of the Women's Health and Weight Loss series. It has been an amazing series, and we're going to finish it off with a bang. We are here with a good friend of mine, Sarah Kleiner from Sarah Kleiner Wellness. She's an amazing friend. She just had a kid. I just had a kid. We have a lot to talk about. We agree on so much. I've been able to watch her grow in her business and her impact and seeing her go from carnivore to introducing carbs to getting really focused on leptin resistance and everything else that she's passionate about and I'm excited to go through the weeds of this conversation with her. So without further ado, how are you doing today, Sarah? Great. I'm so excited to chat with you because I've been kind of on the other side here watching you for your, you know, through your evolution of like keto and now really helping a lot of women and being like such an amazing voice to give women permission to start adding some carbs in when things aren't going right. And I just appreciate that so much. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm really excited to have this conversation. I feel like, you know, there's a few people in this space that I really, when it comes to like nutritional approaches and understanding like the individual and applying it to the individual, especially when it comes to women and the uniqueness that they have as women, the few and far between, you're someone that I really jive with. So I was really excited to have this conversation. So to start, I kind of want to, obviously, my audience may not know you. So please feel free to kind of introduce yourself. What's your story? How do you get to where you were? What's the elevator speech? 
Yeah. I mean, I actually really started getting interested in health. Like I kind of just did what I was told and believed like status quo, what the doctor says is word until I had my daughter who regressed into non-speaking autism when she was 13 months. Mm -hmm. Everything was happening normally and typically. And after a well visit, if you catch my drift, she lost everything, lost all of her eye contact language. It was all gone. And I have videos documenting it because, you know, people don't believe you, even though your own family members even are like, well, I don't think that action. I'm like, oh, remember, here's the video. So I have a lot of videos documenting that. But that sent me down like the rabbit hole. And was that was my red pill moment. I think everybody has like that red pill moment when it comes to their health. And that was the moment when I was like, holy crap, nothing that I think is actually legit in the, when it comes to health. And so I started down this path of health, you know, she's 15 now. So all those years ago, and I went to vegan diet for her as a baby, she never really could do without meat. Like she just loved meat. And so I actually was feeding her kind of a grass fed meat carnivore style type of a diet when she was really little. And fast forward to now, even though she still has profound special needs, the kid has like a gorgeous jaw. Like we had her to, at the dentist a week ago and the dentist was like, she doesn't need braces. Her teeth are beautiful. The heck did you do? And I'm like, well, she's kind of just loved to eat meat when she was little. So I had her, you know, I started her down this like holistic path when she was very little and led me down my own path, became a yoga teacher because I needed something to help me manage stress, became vegan. Fast forward two and a half years into that, totally wrecked my health as a vegan, was injured all the time, sick all the time, couldn't keep weight on. I thought it was supposed to be the world's healthiest diet. So it's like, okay, you turn. I think a lot of people do that when they think about health. They're like, I'll go play a basin. It's a disaster. Fast forward stress and just raising a special needs child. My gut became a mess. My cortisol levels were a disaster. My adrenals were wrecked. And I just had a ton of health problems. And as a yoga teacher, I wasn't really able to practice and teach yoga the way that I wanted to. And so I had a friend of mine who's a functional medicine doc. She recommended the carnivore diet to me. And at the end of 2018, I'm like, you are smoking crack, lady. Like... <laughs> eating zero plants? Like, are you out of your mind? But I was so desperate at that time that I said, fine, I'll do this meat diet. Why not? I started listening to make Kayla Peterson, Jordan, you know, you, the whole rabbit hole, we kind of all go down with carnivore. I just dove in and said, I'll try it for 30 days. And I did at the end of 30 days, IBS, joint pain, skin issues, like gone. And the mental clarity that I had at the end of that 30 days was like nothing I had ever had. I mean, it was insane. So I ended up doing this diet for two years because it felt so good and then decided I wanted to start trying for another baby at age 41 and thought, you know, my hormones are super optimized on carnivore because everything really did feel good. Then I started trying to get pregnant and having multiple miscarriages. And then we decided to try IVF because I was like, well, this is what the doctors are telling me again. I was you know, got tricked into trusting the doctors again about my own health because just the messaging is so strong. And we did two rounds of IVF and they did not work. And it was at that point that I made another paradigm shift after meeting Dr. Jack Cruz and was like, I started understanding quantum health and circadian rhythms and the need for seasonal foods, seasonal carbohydrates found out my T3 was super, super low after two years of carnivore and doing a lot of fasting. Hormones were not as optimal as I thought they were. And once I 
implemented these changes with circadian biology and quantum biology, really, and eating more seasonal whole foods, was able to get pregnant without using IVF and give birth at the age of 43 to my son. So it's like a lot of layers there to the story to kind of get to where I'm at. But, you know, I love kind of implementing all of these things because food is a form of light code, right? Food is grown under specific light codes. And so I see it all as this like umbrella that fits together. And that's where I kind of shifted my brand away from carnivore yogi to Sarah Kleiner wellness, because I wanted to encompass all these different principles and really help people get to the root cause of, of their problems. So that's the little elevator <laughs> speech in a nutshell. No, I love it. There's so much that I want to dive into. So I wrote a bunch of stuff down that really just clicked to me. But the one thing, so I, I want to back up, I want to talk a little bit about something that I've noticed, especially with women. And, and obviously, this is women's health and weight loss. So men do do this, but we're talking specifically about women in this series with carnivore and, and, mm-hmm. and things like that. What we notice and what I tend to run into, and I'm sure you do too, is I get a lot of clients that are, to be frank, flabbergasted because they went to carnivore and saw such healing. And then all of a sudden, carnivore seemed in a weird way to be causing the issues that it took away. And they're not understanding why. And I have my theories and what, what I believe is causing that. But I'd love to hear it from you. What do, what do you think? Why do you think that is? Why do you think they, they go from a standard American diet, they heal on carnivore, but then for some reason, for some, not all, I think it's really important to clarify, not all, yeah. but for some yeah. women, they stop, they, they start seeing the same issues that they saw that made them get on it in the first place. And they end up mm-hmm. having to reintroduce carbohydrates seasonally, unseasonally to their diet to fix that. Well, why do you think that is? Mm-hmm. I think it's multi-layered and multifaceted, honestly. And yeah, I don't see it in every single woman. There are some women that do long-term carnivore and they're, you know, they seem like they're doing great. So I don't want to blanket it, but I do see a lot of women that come to carnivore and like me, digestive issues, skin issues. Like it's like, it just calms your entire body and your entire immune system. Everything just chills. But I think that cortisol dysregulation begins to come into play. I think that the infradian rhythm, a 28-day cycle, and how our hormones kind of wax and wane over that 28-day period comes into play as well. And we don't respect that. We try to just eat the same thing every single day. And not having carbohydrates during specific times in the month, I find for some women can be stressful and they end up, they're trying to do carnivore and they end up like binging. They're like, why is it that every month I go on this binge and they just binge on like whatever crap they can find around the house, you know, Lara bars, the healthy, you know, paleo bars or whatever. Like they, they don't binge on anything like ice cream and cookies. Some of them do, but that's what I found myself kind of doing in the beginning of carnivore. So I think that they're not, that's the infradian rhythm and that can create an issue with cortisol. I also think there's a, oh, go what, ahead. What, what is, sorry, everybody's not, can't see. I waved my finger at her. <laughs> what, what is the, <laughs> back up just a little bit, because I actually don't know this, educate all of mm-hmm. us. What is the infradian rhythm? Okay. So we all have a circadian rhythm, right? So that's a 24 hour ish kind of cycle. Our hormones release at specific times of the day. So I'm sitting outside right now. My body knows it's 10 AM and I've already been through sunrise, which is the signal to stop melatonin, start cortisol. UVA light is where we synthesize serotonin that gets recycled into melatonin. We also have testosterone, you know, progesterone, thyroid hormone. All your sex hormones are synthesized in UVA light in the morning. Light coming in through the eye via the suprachiasmatic nucleus 
communicates with the hypothalamus in the brain to release specific hormones at these times, right? Yep. So we all have that, men and women. We all have a circannual rhythm. So our hormones are different in the summer than they are in the winter. Great. There's pretty interesting literature about that. Our microbiome is actually different in the summer than it is in the winter. Very interesting literature. And women have a 28-day infradian rhythm. And you even have this infradian rhythm if you are done with your reproductive years. You don't have a menstrual cycle. You still have this infradian rhythm. And it's essentially, you know, a lot of women sync up with the moon and having your circadian rhythms in order is is actually can help kind of fast forward this. but. As we go through a 28-day cycle, right, we have hormonal fluctuations. We have energy fluctuations. You know this from working with women. Certain times of the month, we have more, like in the first 10 days of the cycle, estrogen's a little higher. We can build more muscle. We have more energy, more, more creative. And we get to ovulation and things are a little bit different. Some women, again, have this great, beautiful skin and energy boost. And then we get to that latter half of the cycle, the luteal phase, and we're kind of lower on the energy, progesterone becomes higher, it should become higher. And so we kind of follow this like curve throughout 28 days. And again, even though you don't have a reproductive cycle, you still have an infradian rhythm. And so certain exercises, certain foods, certain stressors like fasting or cold therapy or even sauna are going to be more optimally done at specific times during the month. And then that last week of the cycle before, you know, your bleed date, or even if you're not having a bleed just before your cycle starts again, that, that infradian rhythm, you got to be more careful with, with things like cold therapy, fasting. So it is like a, it's this beautiful symphony. I always say men are like a rock band. Like they have this, like, you know, everything kind of happens in a 24 hour cycle and women have this like 28 day rhythm that they follow. And I've gotten really into studying infradian rhythm and how it works with diet and stressors, but, and what women sync up to the moon. Like, so women that are, and I learned this when I was Getting, trying to get pregnant with my son, I synced up so that my bleed date was actually on the new moon and I was fertile on the full moon, ovulated on the full moon, right? And conceived on the full moon. And this is a really cool thing. Melatonin actually suppresses ovulation. So what's happening at a full moon, you're getting all this bright light at night. So it's suppressing your melatonin. So you're more cycle, like more fertile, right? So and we, now that I've had my son, I just finally started getting my cycle back again and breastfeeding you seven months, but now I am having the opposite, right? So I am ovulating on the new moon and I'm having bleed on the full moon. So, and, and there's some really interesting talk and, and science behind this. And it shows that women that are more like done with the children that are still having cycles tend to flip to that schedule. So, you know, to think that we're supposed to just eat the same diet and do the same exercises and have the same stressors like all month long, it's not good. And I think it can really create damage and women and a lot of confusion too. It's like, why can my husband or my partner, this guy over here do all this stuff and I can't, it messes me up, right? Or this diet. No, I agree. I agree 100%. It's something I really want to dive into, but I just want to reinforce that because I think it's really important for listeners. You know, when I'm working when, with a client, you know, I think one of the most empowering things that we get to do is walk them through how to properly eat and train depending on where they're at in their cycle. Like letting mm -hmm. them know that like, hey, because I think, I think 
out of sight, out of mind, right? And so a lot of women don't even know what a luteal phase is. They don't know what the follicular phase is. And so they just think, oh, they don't even realize that every month around the same time, they feel like garbage. It's just like, they just, today I feel like garbage. Like they don't even, they they don't connect the dots. And so being able to empower them, go, hey, look, like there's a phase of your cycle where you're going to feel like a million bucks and you are able to track this body, basal Mm -hmm. uh, body temperature, you know, tracking app the moon which is really fascinating Mm -hmm. i want to dive into that a little bit more but you can track this you can empower yourself to get the most out of your you know fat loss goals health goals whatever and then cater to your body during that luteal phase and not be not because i feel like they add another level of stress and depression on top of what's already happening because they don't understand what's going on and so that the psychology gets in the way and they they can't rationalize what's going on. And so, because they don't know. And so they just, oh my gosh, I just feel terrible. Oh my gosh. And they'd have no idea why. And so they're just down about it. And they just, it exacerbates the symptoms, exacerbates the cortisol, it exacerbates the hormone imbalance. And when you can go into luteal phase and go, okay, no, now is not the time to try to lose weight. Now is not the time to go super hard in the gym. I want blood flow. I'm going to nourish my body and get it prepared for the next cycle. Like being able to like learn those things is super important. You know, something that I tell my clients often, people listening here, like if you're trying to like lose fat, for example, in my opinion, most women should not try to lose fat in their luteal phase. In fact, Mm -hmm. I almost want to say at all, like your follicular binging. (laughs) Yeah, seriously. Like your your follicular phase is a great time to focus on fat loss Mm -hmm. and muscle building, but your luteal phase, like you need to be okay with taking a two week break every month. If you're really trying to make a long, I'm not talking about like your bodybuilding, that's a whole nother conversation. But like, if you're just trying to like lose weight and keep it off long-term and keep optimal metabolic health, being okay with taking two week breaks is super important. That doesn't mean they're in those two weeks, you go off the rails, but you exactly. I was about to say, yeah, yeah. but you <laughs> not pre- a license to go to the bakery and go wild. It's like, just yeah. main, maintain, just t- take a step back. Absolutely. And, well, and I think a reason a lot of people do that, and I'll talk about this too, is like, because you're coming at it from either a place of empowerment or impulse. Mm-hmm. And when we come mm-hmm. at expect when women come at it from a place of impulse, they tend to, now they're breaking a rule. Now they're crossing a line and humans in our nature, when we cross lines, we're like, we're going to go balls to the walls with it. We're mm-hmm. just going to go crazy. So when we ignore our need for carbs, because someone's telling us, oh, you don't need them. You just need more fat. You need to eat more fat on your ribeye. You need to whatever. And this person really does need this cortisol suppressing agent and they're not getting it, eventually they're just going to cave. And when it's a cave, instead of a choice, you go way harder and you end up binging. You end up going to the bakery and going crazy. And it's because it's all cascaded from you simply not just giving yourself permission to have a little bit of sweet potato, because a lot of this is physiological. I know like psychology plays into it, but your hormones and your neurotransmitter, serotonin, dopamine, they all play a role in how we impulsively react towards food. Right. That's what I think people don't give hormones enough credit. And people like in the kind of bro dieting space, they spend a lot of time just talking about calories and calories out. It's willpower, you know, God bless people like Greg Doucette, you know, <laughs> and BioLane and all these guys that have these calorie tracking apps and, and, you know, cookbooks about weight loss. Yeah. Your hormones actually run the show. Mm -hmm. This is what people don't give it credit for. And again, this continues to happen after you finish having a reproductive cycle. It's everyone. Our hormones are really running the show. There there are these chemical signal messengers that are telling your body what to do, essentially. And so I'm sure people that listen to this have felt that before, where it's like, 
I am not in control here. I mean, and I know you and I have talked before about binge eating disorder that I've struggled with it. I've lost a hundred pounds three separate times in my life. I know you have struggled with eating disorders and binging disorder and, and, and all, and you know, all of those things, you know what it's like when you're in your disorder, when you're in that disease and it's like, you're on autopilot. It's like, you don't have a choice. Like you're just doing it. And, and I think that one of the things that we can do to avoid getting in that place of binging is have this knowledge and respect for our hormones, right? Yeah. And I think actually that kind of plays into this title that I thought of as you were talking, when you're sharing your story, where we were, we start to get desperate. And, and while men mm-hmm. do this, men do get desperate at times. I mean, I definitely, I know someone that had bulimia, I definitely was one of those, but it's a lot yeah. more rare. A lot of times men can just kind of shrug it off. I find that women get a lot more desperate than men do, especially when it comes to health, like weight loss and fat loss and like whatever. And so it's like that idea of like the desperate woman and like mm-hmm. the, link that what she's willing to do what she's willing to go through to obtain this Mm -hmm. goal and i think oftentimes that's that's how because i what i often try to do so i can better you know obviously because i'm not a woman so i try to be i try to figure out how i can be more empathetic towards my clients and i really try to reverse engineer like how they got into that situation in the first place and obviously like that's a that could be a whole nother podcast about culture society the way that women are objectified and you know sex sells blah 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 perfectionism blah 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 but I think like, I think that in all of that, women often become super desperate and in the moment, they really don't take the time to take a step back and try to figure okay, what's the best way? To, it's not about the best way to do it. It's about what's the quickest way. And we, we reverse that to the best, right? It's like, oh, this is okay. So carnivore alternate day fasting, 36 hour fast. That's the best way. No, no, no. That's the fastest way. And even right. that's arguable because you could end up doing something detrimental where you put all that weight back on anyways. But it's yeah. like, it's really hard to, to see it when you get into that tunnel vision. And I guess the, the reason I even want to bring that up, and I kind of want to get your thought when, when, when you hear that phrase, the desperate woman, what you think, because when I think of it, I think of someone that is so passionate about trying to get to a certain goal that they're willing to hurt themselves along the way mm-hmm. to get there. And I think that it's being able to recognize, okay, am I, am I being desperate right now? Or am I trying to be healthy? And can I take right. a step back if I rec- can I one have the humility to recognize I'm acting desperate and B can I take a step back and go okay how can I focus on healing first and then if some of my goals are byproducts of healing that's great and if not I need to change my goals. Yeah, I think and and something I talk about a lot and I have to check myself. I mean, I'm 7 months postpartum. I am not to my pre-baby body by any means at all. I would, you know, I I would like to lose a little bit of weight. But I know I'm breastfeeding. I'm not sleeping full nights. You know, I'm doing my best right now. So I have to give myself a lot of grace. And I have to tell, I remind people constantly to, instead of going at it as like, I need to drop all this weight to looking at your overall health, right? Like looking at other markers, like how is your sleep? How is your energy? How is your mood? All of these things come back to the health of your mitochondria, as well as having healthy cortisol melatonin patterns and leptin being able to signal to your brain. 
because leptin is supposed to dock to your hypothalamus when you sleep every night, usually around midnight, right? We have a built-in mechanism as a mammal to, you know, we have bears that hibernate through the winter. We're supposed to have that hibernation period from 12 to two every night. And that's when we do our deeper repair processes. And that's when leptin docks the hypothalamus. So if that's not happening for us, this communication pattern is not happening. Our melatonin and cortisol patterns are all messed up. Mm weight loss is going to be really freaking hard. And so sometimes you have to back up out of the whole weight loss thing. And let's say, all right, I want to work on rebalancing my hormones because once you come at the whole health thing from balanced hormones, it's a lot easier. And I learned that while trying to get pregnant, I was trying to balance my hormones. Obviously they were out of whack because I couldn't hold a pregnancy and my body wasn't even healthy enough to do IVF at the point, at that point, which is like, you think it's a sure thing, but it's not, (laughs) you know, if you don't have healthy mitochondria, IVF is not going to work for you. So I had to back up out of that whole like thing And when I was in that process of creating healthy mitochondria and rebalancing my hormones, I ended up losing 30 pounds without actually trying to lose weight because I was trying to get pregnant, right? Mm. So if you're, if you're trying to get pregnant, you don't want to be on a weight loss journey, but I ended up losing 30 pounds without trying because I was focusing for the first time in my life on having balanced hormones and healthy mitochondria. And so sometimes there's like a little bit of surrender that needs to happen for people where it's like, I know you want to, you're desperate to lose the weight and you're uncomfortable and this that, and the other, but let's go to root cause because you can have coffee for breakfast every day and do fasted workouts and starve yourself and make yourself miserable, but you're going to end up really messing up your thyroid <laughs> badly. Yeah. You know, <laughs> chronic low T3 is a, and I'd love to talk here. You're from a clinician standpoint about how often you're seeing the low T3, low T3 is like a huge problem. It was something that I was dealing with and that is going to make your, you know, resting metabolic rate a lot, lot lower. So yeah, I don't know. I just kind of like vomited (laughs) a bunch of stuff, but if we can kind of change how we look at things, I think that's, that's going to be key. Yeah, no, absolutely. 1000%. I can't agree more. I hope you're enjoying today's episode with Jonathan Shane. Again, all of his information is going to be down in the show notes so you can go follow him. His awesome podcast, he talks about a lot of fun stuff and has a lot of information, especially working with women and their unique needs when it comes to our thyroid and our hormones. I also want to remind you that you can always save 10% on any of my programs when you use the code PODCAST. The quantum nutrition program is going to be the one that's going to really expound a lot of the ideas I put forth in this episode about how we are supposed to eat on a seasonal basis, how to practice some cyclic ketosis and strategic carb cycling. So check out the quantum nutrition program. You can save 10% on that using my code podcast. And I want to thank one more sponsor of today's episode that is going to be upgraded formulas. Believe it or not, a thyroid issue can come out of a low potassium situation, which a lot of people suffer with, believe it or not. You can use my code YOGI12 or YOGI to save over at Upgraded Formulas, get their hair tissue mineral analysis with a consultation for helping you get to the bottom of your mineral needs. Now, I always say a blood test is only gonna show you what's happening right now in this moment, and that hair tissue mineral analysis can really give you a more dialed-in approach to assessing your mineral needs and then knowing how to replace them without just guessing. So again, code YOGI12 or YOGI to save there. 
And let's jump back into today's episode. Thank you again so much for listening. So kind of answer your question on the T3. I definitely see that I'll, I, I see it more on the lower end. I've never really seen it bottomed out, but to be fair, most of the clients that come to me are already on thyroid medication. And so wow. like, well, because it, it's, I feel like, and don't get me wrong, I do catch some early and that's great. But a lot of the times people I work with have been broken for a really long time. Long time. And I'm trying to fix, yeah. I'm trying to fix years of, you know, they've been keto since, you know, they were really bad. They were on thyroid medication. They went keto five years ago and they've been strict keto for five years. And I'm like having to mm-hmm. like, you know, re undo physiological insulin resistance and, you know, get their sex hormones where they should be. And then not, not to mention, they tend to be people or women that jumped into, you know, this around 38, 39, 40, 41. And so yep, by the time they that's get to when me, I did it, <laughs> they're going through perimenopause, which is a whole nother layer helping them. So basically you're trying to fix what was created and then also help them put themselves in the best position to go through this beautiful transition in a woman's life Mm -hmm. and um, helping them do that. So I typically don't, I usually see like a more of a synthetic normal level of T3, but I definitely know there's a couple of things. One, something I do see a lot is cellular hypothyroidism. And for people that don't know what that is, what that is, is where your cells are inflamed due to chronic cortisol. And basically what's happening is even though your body's creating T3, the T3 can't get past the cell membrane. And so you're not really creating, you're not firing the Krebs cycle off like you should. NAD is not being produced. Um, And so your mitochondria basically is super inefficient. And so even though you have all these cells and you you are exercising, your body's not burning near as, if we're going to talk about like how that translates into like calories, that you're you're not burning near as many calories is you should be at your level of activity, health, all that, because your cells are unhealthy. You have extremely inefficient mitochondrial function. Um, your ATP, you just don't produce ATP like you should. Um, you're physiologically insulin resistance, resistant. Your cells are inflamed, which is another stressor, which fires cortisol more. So it ends up creating this internal vicious cycle. And so I see that a lot. And um, having, the, you know, showing them how to, how carbs at the right times suppress cortisol and allow your body to get out of that inflamed cycle, which allows your cells to heal, which allows T3 to re-enter the cell, which allows the mitochondria to heal, which allows ATP to start getting produced at a normal and efficient rate. Um, and, and that process can take time. It's actually something I was going to ask you when we talk about that, you know, getting out of that desperate mindset and the healing mindset. This is a, a conversation I have to have with clients often is like, I tell them, you know, cause like, for example, with my coaching, it's a three month commitment. Like I'm always like, listen, you cannot just work with me for 30 days. I'm not doing that because mm-hmm. nothing good happens in 30 days, especially generally with the things that I have to, that I have to fix um, or that we have to fix. I usually see like, it could be anywhere from three months to a year like sometimes when it comes to like finally like their their cells acting the way they should and you know and it's hilarious it's interesting because like we'll be tracking food and let's say that i have a tracking client and they do track macros i'll have them on the same calories on day one as i do on day 380 but yet on day 380 their body just starts letting go of weight and body fat why is that if calories are the only thing that matters obviously something metabolically has shifted and so what kind of is like the time span on that? Cause I think it's important for people that are listening to this are going, Oh, I want to heal. It's like, I think we, that, that sounds nice, but I really don't think that they process, okay, how long is that going to take for me? Right. Yeah. I mean, when I actually combine in a lot of the circadian work, I can see people feeling better, having more energy and sleeping better within a week, mm. you know, so that I, I can help people. At, Cause I didn't think the whole light thing was 
legit. Like it was introduced to me years ago and I was like, whatever. But once you kind of understand how the HPA axis works in response to light, you can actually shift a lot of things pretty quickly when you dial in your light hygiene, when you dial in a lot of these practices. So I can get people sleeping better, feeling better, having more energy pretty quickly, but for the weight loss to happen, right. To get leptin, to come back into like a good normal range that can take, you know, six weeks, eight weeks, if four weeks, I mean, it just depends on the, on how dysregulated people are. Mm -hmm. And yeah, that's, that's what I tell. I'm like, I don't want you dieting. I don't want you tracking. I don't want you, you know, fasting and kind of doing all these extra things right off the bat. I just want to get these habits in place for you, meal timing, macronutrients, get things back, you know, because people are coming to me either fasting all day till one o'clock in the afternoon. They've been doing that for years. They've been doing keto for years, drinking coffee, like all, all that like coffee for alone by itself, black. I did that for years too, because I thought if I start eating, I'm going to gain a bunch of weight. And that's the biggest fear that they have is if they start eating breakfast, they're going to gain weight. And if they add in like a couple days a week with some seasonal whole food carbs, they're going to gain a bunch of weight. So people are scared and you kind of have to, I like the circadian work too, because it supports the neurotransmitters, mm. um, dopamine and serotonin. Those are synthesized in UVA morning light. Mm -hmm. And that helps things quite a bit as well. And so I like to take, come at it from that holistic place. And I do see people feeling better and having results quicker when I do it with the, with the light protocols also, because there's, there's a host of scientific data about obesity, thyroid hormone cancers, and artificial light at night. Like the literature is extensive at this point. People are like, oh, that's not going to do anything. But when you really start to understand it and dive into that literature, it's it's pretty powerful. And so if you can get people getting that deep sleep, getting that good melatonin production, what melatonin actually does is shrinks the space between respiratory proteins in the mitochondria. So electrons can tunnel a lot more efficiently, right? So we talk about energy production, the body making this beautiful deuterium depleted water so that there's more coherence in the body and the metabolism begins to work better. The first thing I'm wanting people to do is fix the cortisol melatonin pattern and make sure that their body is endogenously. You can't get this from melatonin via the gut. It's not going to work the same way, but make sure your body is endogenously making melatonin so we can begin that process of mitochondrial repair, right? Yeah. That's, that was a lot. I'm, I'm learning. I'm in school right now. This is insane. You know, it's been a while. I mean, I, I mean, I learn a lot from people I talk to, but this is you, you, you're making my mind go places. I, I'm enjoying this very much. Okay. So something that I, I am curious about when it comes to the infradian rhythm, infradian rhythm. Mm -hmm. Yep. How do you help someone that is postmenopausal? Because that's something that is very new to me. The idea that women are still on a 28-day cycle postmenopause. I would love for you to educate all of us, including me, on that. What are the signs? What are you typically, what are a couple of steps that they can do to help start that process? Yeah, to kind of figure out where you are 
in that process, a couple of things. I have women either do it by the moon, right? They can choose which phase of the moon they want to go by. But also I did an awesome interview with a lady named Kayla Osterhoff, and she does this with menopausal ladies. She'll have them kind of chart like what are the, there's like a couple of days a month where you just feel like a rock star. Like you feel amazing energy. Those are your ovulation days. So I want you to think about charting that time, like maybe go a couple of months and you're going to notice, and most women do this, like there's just like a couple of days where you're like, I feel like a freaking rock star. Everything's amazing. And so you kind of use that as like your ovulation day. And a lot of women are going to find that's going to correlate with either a new moon or a full moon. So that makes it even easier. And then you just, you just look chart it that way, right? So if you just ovulated, then boom, you're heading into the luteal phase where you have to be a little bit more cautious, low key, don't push yourself as hard. And then two weeks later, you're kind of, even though you're not in a bleed, your body is kind of going that through that physiological kind of bleed thing. And you're going to have more estrogen, more energy, more ability to handle stressors for a couple of weeks, you know, and then you get the ovule it's and it repeats. So that's typically the way that I have women who are in menopause and don't have a bleed or even women who have amenorrhea and are trying to get their cycle back. And they're like, how can I you know, and I'm like, I don't want you fasting and I don't want you dieting period. If you have amenorrhea, we need to just have pretend like you're just always in your luteal phase until we get the cycle back. Yeah. But you know, that's basically how I approach it with women who are not having a bleed. That is amazing. Thank you for sharing that. I really, yeah. that, was, that was good. I, I, yeah, I like that a lot. I like that a lot. Okay. So the next thing I was kind of thinking about was the seasonal food. So something that I've noticed is, and I kind of want your opinion on this. So I tend to eat because of my running, I have carbs year round because I time them around my, my, my training so some of my fruits and vegetables are not seasonal, but I try my best to when something's in season, ratio out much more of that food rather than others. So like when strawberries are in season, I am just slamming strawberries instead of other things. When, you know, exotic fruits are in season, because it's the only time they're in the stores, I'll eat the exotic fruits and I'll try to stay away from the rest. So like, I, do you feel like someone eating seasonally, like it's, I guess this is my question. Do you feel like it's imperative that they only eat what's in season? Or do you feel like as long as it's the majority, they can have the, you know, the one-off, you know, the, the, the frozen, the uh, berries with their smoothie on Monday morning, or do you feel like, okay, no, if those aren't in season, don't eat them. I mean, obviously if gold standard, you're only eating local seasonal. However, I think women benefit from cycling carbs throughout the year. And if you're living in Canada in the middle of January, there's literally nothing growing. And so I look more at cellar stable stuff like squashes, potatoes, things like that, that you can keep in a cellar that you can like sit out on a shelf and it's not going to go bad in like two mm. days. So mm. a banana in the middle of January in Canada is like a really poor poor idea, in my opinion. Anything that's in the middle of winter that you're sitting out and it goes bad really quickly, bad idea. So again, the cellar stable type of stuff and then lower sugar stuff like frozen berries. I don't have a huge problem with that in the winter time because it's a little bit more lower sugar. I think we should stick to lower sugar in the winter, but again, we do need to, I think women are going to benefit from popping in a couple carb days here and there if they're doing keto. And then with like high fat stuff like avocado and coconut, I think you can get away with stuff that's again, lower sugar and higher fat to have that a little bit more year round. I know some of my, some of my like strict quantum health circadian colleagues would probably disagree with me on that. But just what I've seen 
actually in practice with people and myself, those are the kind of the rules and things I implement with people. I have a quantum nutrition course that helps people navigate seasonality and and look at things. But your body, yeah, yeah. I, I worked hard on this whole like quantum nutrition course to explain like light code, your food, the circadian aspect of food, circadian rhythms, all of that stuff. Um, deuterium, which is a huge, huge topic. In the summertime, our bodies can deplete deuterium. Deuterium slows down the mitochondria. Deuterium ages us. And this is Dr. Laszlo Boros is the world's leading scientist on deuterium. And to get pregnant, I did a deuterium depletion protocol, which is... It's a whole rabbit hole to go down, but the high sugar summer foods are very high in deuterium. But in the summertime, our body has the ability to deplete deuterium because we have strong UVB light, right? And it's it's natural. So we eat these foods out in the sun and our body can actually metabolize it better. Our hormones are different in the summer. Microbiome is different in the summer. All this, all this stuff, right? So that's how I kind of look at it. And then winter is like, do your best, right? Seller stable foods. If you want to have the higher fat, like coconut or avocado, don't eat 10 of them a day, but I think it's okay. And then like frozen berries, things like that. So I know that was a long answer. <laughs> no, no. And oh my gosh, I'm so fascinated. You have no idea the rabbit hole you just opened in my head. So because I have had this theory and I haven't really, I haven't dug into it because it's just right as of right now, it's not part of my clinical work or my work with clients. So I was in the Philippines a couple of weeks ago. So this next part is just for my um, enjoyment. Um, so I was in the Philippines and I noticed like it's, it's, they're very close to the equator, the south of the equator. It's never really winter there. It's always Mm-mm. tropical summer, always. Mm-hmm. And I noticed while I was there, I obviously don't eat like the process, some of the processed food they eat, but I eat like you, you uh, we were on this island called the Island of Negros and there was volcanoes everywhere and volcanic soil. And you could just go up to a tree and pick a fruit and eat it. And what I noticed while I was there was I was still eating like they were frying fish and coconut oil and I was eating like, you know, pork and fried pork and all the fat off the pork, but I was eating a ton of fruit. I mean, Mm -hmm. sour soaps, like seven different species of bananas, food you can't even get in the States. Like I ate a lot of it and I just got leaner. I just kept losing weight the whole time. I just kept melting. And and I was like, I can't do that in America. Like I recognized like, and, and, and my first thought, obviously, cause I think we're trained to do this. I went to like, oh, GMO and, and genetic meat and, and like, but then I was like, wait, no, I don't think that's what it is. I think it's the sun. And literally that crossed my mind. I was yep. like, I it's a light I, story. I know that's what I'm saying. That's why when you're talking, I'm freaking out because I'm like, I was like, it's the sun. There's something about the sun. I don't know what it is. I don't understand it. But I know that the fact that I'm exposed to the sun for eight hours a day is making a difference on how I'm eating these fruit, like how I'm eating these foods. A hundred percent. The sun expands the water. So our bodies are 99% water molecule, right? Everyone says 70% water, whatever. All the cells in our body are surrounded by water and it's like a battery, right? So the sun actually, when it hits your, your skin, it expands that water battery four times. So it increases your metabolism. It increases your body's ability to create energy. I mean, there, and, and there's also that circadian aspect of getting the light on your sun, on your skin. So there's so much that the sun actually can increase your metabolism, believe it or not. And there's a lot of scientific study to show this as well. And so I, you know, it's, we're really only supposed to get one third of our energy from food. You know, as you think about the mitochondria again, kind of what I mentioned earlier, right? How melatonin shrinks the space between respiratory proteins so that electrons can tunnel. 
our, when our body is processing energy, it's an electron moving through the mitochondrial transport chain, mm -hmm. right? Food, electron, light, electron, grounding your body, touching the earth and the conductivity of the earth, pulling electrons into your body. So what I have people do is kind of like this game of like, how many electrons can I gather? How much can I pull into my body? And then in the US, right, you're sitting under fake light, you're indoors, you're not grounded, you're not under the sun. Guess what that's doing? Non-native EMF from our phones, from our wearables. I hate wearables because it dehydrates the cellular water in our body. Mm. It actually, Dr. Gerald Pollack in his lab showed that when you are exposed to non-native EMF in the form of Wi-Fi, it takes the cellular water down by 15 to 20%. What does that do? Slows your metabolism, slows your body's ability to create energy, stops the coherence within the body, how the organ systems can communicate with one another. And so our lot, you're, you are probably outdoors under the sun connected, probably touching the earth. Right. And you're eating all this fruit and all this stuff. And you're like, I'm just going to get fat and your body like drops a bunch of weight and you feel leaner because you're in this huge electron rich environment and your body mm -hmm. is like charging like this beautiful battery. Then we come back home. Like I'm, I record on my podcast out here cause I'm getting infrared red light. I'm getting, I'm getting all the light frequencies to recharge my body and kind of like mitigate the fact that I'm on a computer and I'm hooked into all this stuff. Right. It serves as like a Faraday cage, but we don't realize, and we don't look at our bodies in response to these other things like artificial light and technology, and we're constantly exposed to them. And then we're like, why is it that I can't lose weight and my mitochondria is not working and I've got thyroid issues? And I'm like, you're not outside for morning light. You're not getting sunrise and UVA. Your body's not getting that signal to bring you online every day. And then you're spending your whole day inside of an office under artificial light, plugged up to technology. Your body's energy battery is literally draining all day. And this is causing circadian mismatch, inflammation, ROS. So electrons are getting lost in that electron transport chain and you're not healthy, right? <laughs> so I have never felt so called out in my life from <laughs> No, it's everybody it. though. It's everybody, you know? No, I, I love it. Oh my gosh. This was, yes, yes, this was good. This is amazing. Oh my gosh. I, I feel like we have to have a part two. I don't feel like this conversation yeah. is over. I don't feel like this conversation. Yeah, I'm okay. in, I'm in. Just let me know. So let everybody know where they can find you for now. Yeah, you can find me on Instagram at Sarah Kleiner Wellness. And then my website, sarahkleinerwellness.com. I have a ton of courses that talk about all of this stuff. I have a nutrition course that's like, you know, seasonal local nutrition, implementing strategic keto, carnivore, how to carb cycle, infradian rhythm, all the stuff we talked about. I have a 21 day leptin reset program to help you reset your leptin and implement all these circadian principles. I've got a ton of stuff. So check that out on uh, Instagram. And yeah, I'm going to put this on my podcast too, which is called the evolving wellness podcast, where I talk about all these topics because um, they're really interesting. And I feel like a lot of people in the health space are just totally missing the point, <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And I'll make sure everything she just said is in the show notes. Y'all can check those out and please go over and check out her podcast as well. Show her some love. So Sarah, I enjoyed this very much. I'm definitely going to have you back on for a part two and we'll yeah. be able to dive in a little bit deeper. Fantastic. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. All right. I hope you enjoyed today's episode, found it 
very helpful. Lots of great information here. Check out the show notes. They're going to be loaded with all of the links to follow Jonathan, the link to get my quantum nutrition program, which is really going to expound a lot of the ideas discussed here in the show and use the code podcast to save 10%. And that is also where you can find the link to today's sponsors. Viva Rays, my source for protecting circadian rhythms using that code YOGI will help save 15% on any of their glasses, eye masks, earplugs, and even their EMF free headphones. You can also check out Optimal Carnivore, go to Amazon and use code carnivore uppercase Y to save on any of their organ meat supplements. I am especially loving their bone joint restore product right now for helping me maintain mobility and bone health during this time in my life and upgraded formulas, my source for really keeping my minerals in balance. Use my code Yogi12 or Yogi to save there. And all those links are down in the show notes. I hope you enjoyed the show. If you did, head on over to Apple or Spotify. Leave me up to a five-star review. It will help to get the show out to more people. And then again, tag me on social media, post this in a story in a Facebook group if you found it helpful and useful. And I will talk with you again next week.